Gave him the money to make it, and um, it's not made in English. Yeah, <laughs> it's entirely in Korean. It's in Korean, but they do have a, a solid English dub and right. subtitles. Uh, but I was like, man, if they paid for it and didn't even make them make it in English, but I guarantee they're going to make us an American version of Squid Game. They do uh, have. Did you have English speaking characters, uh, like yeah. right in the middle, the VIPs yeah. or whatever? Yeah. So. so yeah, yeah, they do have have. Uh, I was waiting for when the white people were going to show up in this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, it's all Asians, and then one guy who had the mask on. I was like, man, he kind of looks like a maybe he might be a white guy by the shape of the hair or whatever. Uh-huh. And my girl was like, nah, he's not white. Nope. You know what I always thought would be cool is like if you make a movie in another country, why don't you just put the Americans in subtitle? Like that would like that would be interesting to me to see a movie where we were considered like the foreigners as opposed to you know the other way around. Like every movie I always watch, they always try to put everybody else in subtitles. I'm like it'd be funny to see us show up in the middle and then put us in subtitles. Like you know what I mean? The, yeah. The the world speaks English. Well, yeah. I mean. We people who speak Spanish, uh, we see that shit whenever they whenever we watch Narcos. It's like we don't need the subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> That's, what I'm That's what I'm saying. Like if you could make Narcos and then you could be like, okay, it's just this is just like we just speak in Spanish, and then when the Americans come in, we subtitle that. Like you know, what I mean? right? Yeah. Now, now we we had um we had a tenant conversation to finish, mm-hmm. um, and since we've all watched Tenant. Um, I I think Doctor Manhattan only watched it once, right? Yeah, I just watched it once. Okay, it's all right. I've only seen it twice, so that's about once. And that's a shame. <laughs> and that's a shame. Um, support <laughs> support the black man and watch that movie multiple times. I'm saying it's, like, it's really heavy though. So for me to watch it again, that's like a that's like an investment. Like I really got to sit down and be like, okay, I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just gonna watch it. So I kind of it's I'm kind of hesitant to watch it again because of the time. Like I gotta sit down and commit to it. You know what I mean? Look, yeah. I had to, I, I split it up. Like I watched the first hour and a half, no hour and fifteen, and then I watched the last hour and fifteen. So yeah, I had to do two sittings. <laughs> yeah. I, I I I literally have it on while I'm working sometimes. So like I've watched it probably twenty plus times at this point. It's because you obsess with it, bruh. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, yeah. at this point, at this point, Tenet is gonna be like Dr. Manhattan's obsession with Batman, where Dr. Manhattan <laughs> used to know all the lines, even the background actors' lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was I was like that with Ace Ventura. Oh, wow. Man, I could quote that movie like from beginning to end. The Crow, the same way. Interview with a Vampire, the same way. That I, was me. I, I should have been that way with with Boys in the Hood and Minister That's Society right. because my homie came up on the bootleg before the movies came out, and we watched that shit on repeat <laughs> all day long. I don't day. want any trouble. Just get out the whole summer. You want some cheeseburgers? Yeah, yeah I got like, some cheeseburgers. <laughs> 
Well, I got to say, though, Tenet and I thought Inception, I mean, they're not perfect, but they're, I mean, that's some high-minded, you know, sci-fi there. I mean, it's, it's pretty high-minded. It's not your average, you know, I mean, it, you know what I mean? It, it's pretty cerebral to, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's really good to be that cerebral. You know what I mean? Like, most of the other sci-fi I like is not that cerebral. It's really a lot of action and, you know, stuff like that. This is really not a lot of action. It's really just you know like a thought experiment so i think it's pretty i mean i think it, they're not perfect but they're damn near perfect well, you know, one of the things that we we discussed was how it, speaking of um thought the audience, you you realize the audience right now is like who's dr manhattan <laughs> <laughs> like do they have uh, the real dr manhattan on yeah i'm asking the same thing i'm like who is dr manhattan <laughs> i mean now <laughs> you know he so, is tall and black, so yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, to, so, so, audience, so audience, Doctor Manhattan is uh, uh, one of the more successful people that uh, graduated high school with us. Uh, he's a, a doctor in an undisclosed state at an undisclosed city, <laughs> an actual medical MD. MD, right? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's your, uh, if if you don't mind me asking, what's your specialization? Uh, adult medicine right on right on yeah but to go back to what i was saying about tenant really quickly <laughs> i'm um, just saying <laughs> yeah. uh, um i think we've all pretty much <clears throat> agreed to some degree that uh, tenant is a good visualization of a, a thought experiment uh maxwell's demon um which is also a thought experiment that visualizes uh how the second law of thermodynamics is uh, broken for the lack of a better term or, you know, um, violated. There you go. So, so yeah, it's uh, it was a, we have, we've had what, three or four pretty uh, extensive uh, conversations about tenant, you know, and we're probably going to have another one after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, we just keep on hopping on that turnstile. Can't yeah. help it, you know? Oh. Because you're right, it is very cerebral. You know, it's like you're you're watching the movie, you're paying attention. At least this is how it is for me. This is my process. I'm watching the movie and just randomly out of nowhere, a few days, a few hours, whatever have you. After watching the movie, I'll come up with an idea. Well, what if it's this? What if kind of a lot like Kate Jones actually? You know, he'll just come up with you know like something because you know it's it's in his mind. It's 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 in his sub subconscious already. You know. And the fact that it's playing in the background while he's while he's working, you know, that's probably contributing to, you know, these wild ideas that he gets. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, the the most of the ideas were given to me by watching videos about tenant. Right. And well, then I, I, well, people people pose questions like the one we're the last one we're on is is Neil Max. You know. Right. There's evidence, a point that says, yeah, he should be, but then there's the science of the movie and it says um, he can't be to some degree. Right. Now, I did talk to somebody over uh, last weekend about Tenet, somebody who didn't like the movie. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> he found it a little, <laughs> little bit, uh, not, not confusing, but he didn't see how things lined up. Is like, if they're in the future, and they know things are happening in the past, then they should already know stuff. So the bad guys basically should have won, kind of deal. Like he didn't get he didn't get that part. He's like, how do they not know anything? 
you know? Right. How um, they, he wasn't paying attention to the whole uh, time yeah. pincer move thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause yeah. Got, like the whole deal was they were doing things that are going to be recorded no matter what, what, you know, like basically breaking into a house and stealing stuff without moving any of the furniture, you know? Right. Um, and he didn't get that part, but he did, he did convince me that when they're inverted, they still age normally. Right. So, cause I was running that past him. He's like, nah. And he gave me, he gave, I forgot what he told me, but he convinced me like, okay, when they're inverted, they're still moving aging forward so they're not going to be reverse aging well, but um, if you think about it though right like in in real life i mean when things happen sometimes things can happen so fast you don't really even know what happened like you know what i mean like it happened so fast that you really didn't even know what happened so then just imagine then looking at that same thing in reverse that you didn't really even understand the way like going forward now trying to look at it backwards you know what I mean? So I don't yeah. know. I hear well, what you're saying, but I'm well. Kinda... I, I found out the crux of this movie is watching the um, the the um, Freeport scene. Yeah, the Freeport scene. If you watch both, um, if you watch the 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 original break in that was basically going forward in time, and then immediately watch the version going reverse in time, where you're seeing the inverted uh, viewpoint everything starts to make more sense because yeah. that that is an essence um it's a pincer movement to a degree uh but it shows you all the theories that are going on like you know the moving upstream against time and everything else and the way that the the fight goes on between uh denzel jr with himself yeah. the way when you watch them back to back you kind of see the movements and and how how they interact so that was another point where my homie got confused because he said it looked funny you know but i'm like right when you watch it enough you'll see like their movements it's like i'm moving backwards but i'm fighting you forwards and mm -hmm. vice versa yeah. um and when you pay attention to that scene that shit deserves some kind of award yeah well, I mean, it's just the thought the thought of it the planning of it the, the execution of it, I thought it was awesome. Well, my because there were some there were some gaps in there. I'm like, why is this this way and that way? And then after you watch them both, you kind of get it. Well, I'm definitely hooked by the science of it. I mean, I definitely think just the concept of you know moving backwards through time. You know, I mean, I just think it's very cool. But I think the main thing I like between Inception and Tenet is just I like. I mean, I'm a traditionalist. I like the whole idea of characters interacting with one another and, and, and the whole conflict sitting around the people being who they are, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so kind of like with Inception, it's because of who he is, is like, that's the problem. That is, that's part of the conflict, just like the actual circumstances that they're dealing with. Part of the conflict is, is who he is as a person, which makes him only able to, like there's certain things he can do and certain things he can't do because of his internal constitution. And the same thing with Tenet is kind of like, he is who he is, and that's part of the problem. You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. I like that. I like right. that internal conflict as well as the external, like physical conflict between we got to get over here and get this and get up there and you know that type of thing. I like the internal conflict, especially especially Inception, because that whole that part at the end where the dude opened the safe and found the pinwheel. I mean, that jump was just it was just perfect. It was just it was it was like it was like the it was like a kiss of death, like the pinwheel and he saw it and he started crying. It was just like, you couldn't, you couldn't plan it better than that. It was just perfect. And it was all because of who he was 
and his set of circumstances and that thing just it just went right to the heart and hit him and he was gone you know right you know another uh thing that something every time every time i watch tenet especially the uh reverse entropy negative entropy you know, thing that, that's happening you know going backwards in time going forwards in time it, there's something about causality there causality that needs to be investigated further like i think nolan uses because causality as a very good plot device uh to move the uh, the story forward so i gotta watch it again to like so you know so, so i can explain it uh, further um and take actually and actually take notes this time because there's yeah. the, the first couple times that i've seen it's just you know i'll just watch it and, and pay attention but i have know, to know, i have to check there's this this guy who wrote um a book on tenant, I mean, uh, on Inception, and he broke it down to where the Inception is a metaphor for um, the movie industry. Mm-hmm. So, so each each character is a element of uh, filming staff, from uh, makeup, special effects. Um, Hobbs is clearly the director. Uh, the Japanese guy is the producer. <laughs> you know right. executive producer and each each person is a role in the filmmaking process as far as the film crew kind of deal I gotta um, let me ask yeah. you this so like let's say like so the future right i mean mm. so like the future is dependent on what you do now right i mean if you do something now that affects what happens <laughs> in the future right? supposedly so there's science that says all time happens at once yeah like later. which yeah, which is what's what's their what they're doing in this movie and also in um but I guess what in, I'm saying, interstellar. Interstellar dealt with the same thing. But I guess so if if you go into the fifth dimension, all time happens at once kind of deal. Yeah, but in interstellar though, that's my point, is like in interstellar, if you go back in time, what's to say that whatever you go back in time and do is doesn't is not responsible for what's happening right now. You know what I mean? So that's the um point. so but both movies do that. So in, in Interstellar, Homie gets into the time bubble and he communicates with himself and his daughter in the past and sends yeah. them the code, which virtually sends him to the bubble eventually. So it's it's a manifest destiny thing. And in Tenet, it's the same thing. If dude starts Tenet in the future, then it's initiated through this event, right? So like he gave birth to himself. Yeah. Yes, I think both movies definitely have that uh, deterministic vibe to it. Uh, But to to go with uh, your your question earlier about if you go back in time, then how, who's to say that doesn't affect, that doesn't affect uh, your present circumstance, right? It doesn't affect you. Who's to say it's not gonna affect you <clears throat> right now and what's to, ad- say, what's to say that you're going back it's not responsible for your current circumstance you know what I mean? right right mm-hmm. yeah yeah um well w- one one answer that that i've come across that actually makes sense to me is is that uh whenever you go back in time uh you know that whole grandfather that, that grandfather paradox thing um it doesn't really happen because when you go back in time then that becomes your future you know so it's it's kind of like in loki where you know you have that that um it branches off 
Yeah. Um, you know, well, so that's what that's what I was gonna say. Um, that's the other end is like every time you would go back in time and manipulate anything, you would end up branching off into a parallel universe right. or timeline. Right. Uh, you know, but that's the beauty I think of Tenet because they're all it's the only movie that makes it make sense that you're on one timeline and manipulating it because you never left the timeline you're just flowing backwards you know right so it's not it's not the same thing Uh, right yeah so so i'm like that makes a lot more sense than terminator (laughs) you know terminator's fun but this makes more way more sense you know i hear you Yeah, it's it's definitely a more now, involved film. Now, Terminator. Ho- Homeboy has some explaining to do because he uh-huh. he said <laughs> Neil was Max. Yes, and he gave me time code, which I watched. Yeah, and I didn't see anything that I didn't see before. So explain to me what I saw between that time code that's supposed to tell me that Neil was Max. Um, he refuses to answer Kat, any of Cat's questions about him or her son, for one. And whenever he gets asked a question uh, about his identity, uh, he 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 just he just doesn't respond. Like he doesn't lie about it, but he just doesn't say anything at all. Um, I mean. Okay. And that's because and that's because it's human nature to like if if uh uh I mean you can you can explain it off as you know he doesn't say anything to her because she's uh, uh instrumental in the killing of Sador Sador but when uh she asks when he when he says that anything and everything and anyone and everything that you know will be gone she asked including my son he didn't answer that question he stuck a needle well, in her arm and said the more you rest the better you'll be you know the, the faster you'll heal i watched so, a video and somebody said it was very whack for them to just throw out that random ass line like that <laughs> well the thing so you want if if you want to go by the whole human nature thing like so why wasn't he more concerned when cat got shot you know what i mean because he already knew the outcome he already knew she was gonna live yeah i don't know no like, no no it, it 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 is that and i'll tell uh, I'll, uh let's see how can i put this he already knew that she was gonna live so there is no need to panic right you know what i mean true. that's yeah. true yeah yeah, he already knew she was going to live. Even if even if especially if he was her son. Yeah, absolutely. And the other reason why he couldn't possibly tell her that he was her son is because her need to save her son is what motivates her to kill Sater. Otherwise, if she'd have known that Neil was Max, she would have been like, "Oh, well then I don't need to kill this motherfucker." And therein lies the beauty. She is who she is. You know what I mean? Like her son is what she lives for. And if he's in risk, then even though she's not a killer, she got to do what she got to do because she is who she is. And he is who he is. And he's not changing. So the only thing you can do is kill him. Yeah. The, the math still doesn't add up, though. 
It's two plus two equals four. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying with the ages. I mean, I mean with the ages. This, this is definitely like the spinning top uh, of this movie. Uh, yeah. It's figuring out his thing because I'm like, in order for him to be in this movie during this time, at this age, he would have to sit in a fucking thing for like 15 years, going backwards in time. But we right. established that it's it's instantaneous, isn't it? Well, no. he has to see he has to see himself going to the turnstile, right? Yeah, I mean, but what I'm saying is, if if he meets if he's the kid, then he, that means he lives as an adult, like goes to college and whatever, because he has multiple degrees and shit. And then he would have to get in the turnstile and run it back at a certain point to be in the movie at this age. So he would have to live an inverted life for 10, 15 years. He's CIA, he would have done that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cause they do, they, they do have the shifts, you know, so I'm like, that does support like long-term travel cause Seder went back three months or whatever the fuck or something like that, right? Well, mm-hmm. here's, well, yeah, right. So they say that they invert uh, like the gold and shit, and then they bury it, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, but it travels through time in there. So, but it, but it's not an organic, you know what I'm saying? So it doesn't need air to eat, breathe, sleep, and whatnot. So it'll show up instantaneous to them, but it's physically traveling through time, sitting in that cell. Also, say what? So maybe they Ripley them. They, r- they rip lead them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you put them on ice and uh, you know let them chill for. Oh yeah, put put them in cold storage. Right. Well, yeah, that that's a possibility. The the other thing too, we you know in a previous uh, conversation in a podcast that we had, um, I think it was you, homeboy, who asked. Well, if you know if uh, if you go through negative entropy like like you do in uh, in Tenet, you know and if Max was Neil and, you know, he stays inverted for that long and, you know, he, he becomes, you know, essentially his younger self, you know, that whole time paradox thing, yeah. uh, then wouldn't he forget uh, his, his education because of de-aging? Well, apparently not because the, that badass motherfucker, uh, Quicksilver guy, uh, he he apparently didn't forget all of his shit. He's from he's from that he's from the future too. Quicksilver. Yeah, yeah, the guy who played uh, Pietor in uh, the Marvel movies. Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the 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 bad motherfucker, the one who says, uh, "If you can find me, I'll kill you. Or if I find you, I'll kill you." Yeah, yeah, the guy yeah, says, uh, that that need, need, to, "Need need to know, and you don't." Any more stupid questions? Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I don't he's know. Not, he's not necessarily from the future. Yeah, he is. What's the proof? Neil, <laughs> Neil, Neil tells the protagonist he's one of us. Yeah, because he, he, he's operative right there. <laughs> Goddamn me, Nolan. Yeah, no, no, no. He's, he's from the they future. They ain't all necessarily future force motherfuckers. Yeah, they are. No, they can be hired um, agents. Like the the, just like the the scientist, she's an agent of now for tenant. They could have been hired any kind of way. Same way, um, 
Seder's guys are not from the future. They're just so you're so you're, so you're going to tell me you're going to you're you're going to stand in that alley and tell me <laughs> yes that Neil is the only one who went back in time. Yeah, I call the bullshit flag. I'm throwing down the bullshit bullshit flag. That makes no sense. <laughs> I might add that I am watching these little icons as though like you guys are real people too. It's kind of <laughs> See, I told you that shit worked. I told you that shit worked. I don't know why yeah, I'm watching it. I'm like literally watching it like, you know, like I have to watch it while you're talking or something. It's weird. <laughs> now, now, bust this. How, how is it, what, look at the beauty of when I talk, my hands actually move. Yeah, no, it's weird. Like, I, I mean, I find myself staring at it like, like I'm actually looking at you, which is kind of it's kind of I mean, like you know, I'm like, why am I watching this? Like it's like it's not. <laughs> it works. You know, we had a we had a guest uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he's a he's a gamer, and he you know he he streams online. He he streams his uh, his his gameplay online, and he said something similar in that you know like it, it is kind of weird. Like you know, I'm the only one here who doesn't have you know who doesn't have a tune. And I'm kind of, I kind of feel like the odd man out, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I am digging this, you know, this, this animated style that you guys have going. Yeah, we got, we got to get a random guest um, cartoon. Well, the problem is the guests would need Adobe. Yeah. In order. Well, to- uh, there is, there is a workaround um, where I, I, I would have to, I would have to um, feed the guest audio into Adobe Character Animator. Uh, that I oh, would and, have, yeah, and do it, do it in post. Yeah, there, yeah, that there's the, it's, <laughs> that's that's possible, but we don't have the technology uh, at this moment in time, nor the funds to purchase said technology. So, you know, uh, when we get our merch shop up, push us like crack. Yeah, uh, l- listeners, we need sponsors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're setting so, up a Patreon. <laughs> That's right. Donate to Chino and Homeboys Weed Fund. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So, but, uh, but yeah, no, I'm telling you, uh, Max is Neil, and there's no way that they didn't send back more motherfuckers if they sent back Neil. I don't know, man. I, I still think, I, I don't know. Because um, you know, we had a conversation offline. Um, well, let me, uh, let me on, the, on the Discord. Real quick. Yeah. Let me. They sent Neil back because he's integral to the fight because it's his daddy. Well, not only that, but he does get shot in the face. Yeah. And saves a protagonist. So, you know, he yeah, has and to prota- be sent back. And it ta- and the protagonist knows it, so he has to be sent back. So that doesn't qualify to everybody else as a future force. Nah, I think they sent more motherfuckers back. Did yeah, I don't see, know. Did y'all see the other uh, time travel movie uh, with uh, Chris Pine or Chris? Pa- is it Chris Pine or Chris Pratt? Chris Pratt. Oh, we did. We talked about that one. Well, what is it called? <laughs> future Future War. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, that was like War, the, yeah, one the of the tomorrow first war. ones. The Tomorrow War. We did with with me as a guest on. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. That that movie was fun but stupid. Like you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't you know. I mean, it, yeah, it had a lot of problems, but it was entertaining. I mean, you know. yeah. yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. It, it, like it, it's a it's a fast it's a fast and furious type shit. You know, you just you like the camaraderie, you like the characters, you like the chemistry, 
and it's a fun enough script, you know, to keep yeah. you entertained. Like, I guess the, the basic problem for me was just this whole idea of like, so you're going to send me back with like, I mean, like, with, I mean, these are like creatures, like monsters, basically, like that, I mean, you know, these guys are unloading on these things with, you know, at point blank range, just drilling them with bullets. And they and you can't kill them. I mean, so I'm like, why are y'all sending me back with these nine millimeter rounds and stuff? Can I get some seven six two or something? Like what? Like, <laughs> why are we shooting nine millimeter rounds at these like impervious creatures? Like this makes no sense. That we're yeah, like why even the NATO where, rounds? Yeah, where where yeah, the like, the phosphorus tipped, um, yeah, depleted uranium uh, bullets? You know, fucking just give me a grenade launcher. Yeah, or like we jump back and hell, we like a hundred feet off the ground and I mean, boy, what the hell? <laughs> no, that that was the best cliffhanger in that fucking movie though, because you because you thought they were about to land regular and this is gonna be like twenty people, not oh, not twenty, yeah. but they they had a whole thing of people when they start falling from the sky, I start no, laughing. No, I was, my no, ass I was off. like, no, I was like, I'm not going. You talking about dropping me five to ten feet off the ground? I'm not going. Like, I don't know. right? That's, that, that was my thing. So when when they said like in the brief, right? Uh, you know, well, you you you'll have a like a five to ten foot drop, and I'm like, still, I mean, five to ten foot, it's still significant, right? Then they die. Take, you can die from a four foot drop. Right. Like, what if I fall from five feet and break my leg? Hell, now I broke a leg in the future. Like, I mean, like, like right, exactly. I was like, I would not have gone just on that alone. They were like five feet off the ground. Now, y'all get that shit to like maybe twelve inches off the ground, and I might go. Right. Like exactly. So you mean to tell me you guys can fucking time travel? You have temporal mastery. Of what's going on? But somehow that your your geospatial you know shit is is off. Like what the fuck? And that you know, shit, get your fucking that shit, life together. That shit was in direct conflict to what we saw at the Super Bowl because the motherfuckers walked out those fucking portals. Yeah, like y'all can't find <laughs> me at the pillow factory or something. Or like, I'm like, why'd y'all show up walking out? But when we go back, we gotta fall a couple of feet. Yeah, y'all walked. Like that didn't make sense. I got a broken leg in the future in Manhattan, in my in Miami. Yeah, yeah. Here's here. I mean, con- contrary, soft water. Contrary to popular opinion, five feet is a lot of height. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is. It is quite a bit. Uh here's another question. Now that you know Dr. Manhattan has brought up the uh the I the what is it the the, the problem with, with the hardware they were sending back, like you could send back guns. Why couldn't you send back like I don't know, tanks, humvees, energy weapons? You know, yeah, yeah. humvees and stuff. I'm like, really? Like y'all y'all don't have no tanks or MRAPs or nothing? Like yeah. Or, or better yet, why are we sending people in on foot when we got planes? Like, if y'all can drop bombs, then why are why are we yeah. in this war? Why are we sending back predator drones? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that that didn't make sense. Like they can carpet bomb areas, so how are these things even alive? Because you just evacuate and and carpet bomb. Areas. Yeah, I know, Air Force. I mean, so like that. You mean tell me they just run around on the ground like regular animals? Like we yeah. Can't- they 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 didn't really explain that how fast they spread and made it make sense. At well, all. My, fav- my favorite part is like two favorite parts. When they find the queen, it's like let's let's go in there and like wrestle her down by hand. Like really, like it's like a damn <laughs> <laughs> wrestle this thing down by hand. Are you kidding me? Like oh, and then the no. end, they find the spaceship 
And they're like, let's go in. I'm like, I'm not going in that fucking thing. Like, just, can we just, I mean, we got the bombs. We blew it up anyway. Can we just blow it up and be done? And like, not like, why do we have to go in and inject them personally? Like, I, I didn't really get that. Yeah, you got to blow it up from the inside. You got, you got shielding on the outside. No, but I'm saying they ended up blowing it up anyway. So why not just go up and blow it up to begin with? Like, why go in and be like, let's inject them with the poison? Why not just? Oh, that's true. That yeah, that was a waste of time. Like, <laughs> like once you found the ship, we blow them all up. We all good. Who the know? fuck approved this movie? Because because uh, literally, not... literally, uh, they didn't have enough juice to to um, kill all of them in there. So you're no, telling no. me that Dr. Evil approved this terrible, terrible idea? Yep. Uh, yeah. You mean Lex Luthor? Lex Luthor, yeah. <laughs> no, I think, I think he's Dr. Evil. I think it's a perfect example, though, of like how like it would have been nice to see them go back and when they uncover the spaceship, that's what leads to the whole process. That would that to me, that, I thought that was a better ending. I'm, I'm sure that's going to be the next movie is like some of them survived and we still got a problem. Yeah. They'll retcon that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because technically, he altered the timeline yeah. by changing the changing the past of what he knew from the future. So, there's all kind of possibilities on that. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, what 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 else is up on our list? Uh, what? Uh, hold up. I mean, we got um, we got an MD. We, uh, know. Well, uh, Dante Wilder got knocked the fuck out. Yes, he did. Yes, I didn't. I didn't she watch did. it all. I, did. I mean, I didn't. I didn't watch it at all. I just saw like pictures on on Instagram. Is that actually? Uh, I did. How, how? Okay. How many rounds did this fight go? Eleven. Oh, so 11. oh, damn. Okay, it went went far. Um, he knocked him down twice in uh, the fourth. in the fourth round. Yeah. Wait a minute. Dante Dante got knocked down twice no, in the fourth. No, no, no. He knocked Wild. He knocked Tyson Fury down twice, like solid knockdowns in the fourth round. Too. Okay, people claim that there, it was a long count. On uh, those no, he, here, so here's what happened. So the third round. Uh, okay, Deontay Wilder won the first round. He was trying to set up his jab. He was jabbing the body. Um, and then on the th- in the third round, he got dropped, and at that point, he was done. Mm. Um, whatever strategy he had went out the window he was headhunting at that point because that's that's the only thing that he could do because i think at that point he realized okay this is a bad motherfucker like he I'm can like, i'm not gonna outbox yeah tyson fury i don't care what uh, if you're a student of the game if you're if you're a student of, uh, of baseball you will see how well tyson fury boxes he does not he doesn't look like he's dangerous yeah right because he's you know he's he's, he, he he's rotund right yeah like he, he yeah he, he looks funny you know, but that man can box. Um, and, you know, as big as he is, he's fucking six, he's six foot nine. You know, I don't care who you are, you get hit by a fucking six foot nine motherfucker who weighs almost 300 pounds, you're going down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and um, I guess De- Deontay Wilder uh, came in heavy. Uh, like he was still within, you know, the, the weight limit. I mean, it's, it's, it's fucking heavyweight, right? But he's, I guess he was, he packed on a bit more muscle just to have more power. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, again, if you're a student of the game, just because you look good, just because you have muscles and just because, you know, you, you, you're jacked, it doesn't necessarily translate well into boxing. Yeah. Still got to be an effect to punch you. Right. You still have to move. You still have, you yeah. got to have that cardio. Um, and he got, uh, Tyson Fury got dropped twice in the fourth round 
which even things up, you know, because because Wilder lost the second round uh, and the third round, but because he had to, he had those two knockdowns at that point, the score was four to six, four to six. It was even, and so you know he had everybody had a reasonable expectation that okay, well, um, Wilder can turn this around. I mean, he, he dropped him twice for fuck's sake. But at now, that point, at the that question, point, you when, it, see, when he dropped him, people were claiming that the count, the 10 count was slow when Wilder no, dropped. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Um, Wilder was in trouble after he got dropped. Because mm. um, at that point, from the fourth, from the fourth round on, he was out on his feet. He was out on his feet. Like so he, 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 there's no so way. So he was he defending won. himself for four rounds after yeah. that. Damn. And well, I mean, you can see though that like he knocked Tyson Fury down, but he didn't knock him off the hinges. Like he didn't, right. he didn't put his lights out. He knocked him down. It was solid. You know, it was it was bona fide, <laughs> but he didn't he didn't put him out like where he you know where he could not continue. He he was able to shake it off and get back up and get back in the fight. So he didn't he didn't put yeah. him out. And so, like, really, you know, at that point, the only way that Deontay Wilder could have won that fight is if he lands that ridiculous fucking missile he's got for a right hand mm. and knocks him out cold. That didn't happen because he was he was gassed. He didn't know what the, he really didn't know where the fuck he was. You know, like he um, everyone's got a, everyone's got to punch his chance, but the, just he, he he was flat footed. Um, he uh, he had he really had no defense he was he was done he was out and um the only yeah the only thing he could have done was you know score that one you know that one hit to the head which would have you know knocked him out but that didn't happen and he he lost power i think the only way he could have won is he would have had to fight a much more technical fight and i think that's not really his style like nope he's not get that solid you know knockout punch and everything and i'm like he, he, he just could not do that with Tyson Fury. I think yeah. he would have had to fight a much more technical fight, which is not his bag, and he just couldn't get yep. off. This, that's the thing with Deontay Wilder is that he's got this amazing power. You know, like, arguably, he might be the most devastating puncher in the history of the heavyweight division. Uh, but he just doesn't have the fundamentals. You know, what, what, made, what made Mike Tyson great in his early career was that he had dynamite in his hands, in both hands. I mean, that motherfucker motherfucker will touch you and you're out, you're done, right? But he also had amazing footwork. Um, He, his his defense, uh, I mean, you you could see it in his defense. He had had the head movement, you know, he had that peekaboo um, style, like his his hands in front of his face, but his head movement was was impeccable. So was his footwork. Like he does this thing that um, this boxer, uh, Lomachenko, uh, who I think is the best boxer in the world right now, Vasily Lomachenko and the guy who just beat uh, Anthony Joshua, they have the same type of like pivot movement that uh, was taught to them by Lomachenko's dad, actually. And he, Mike Tyson, was doing that shit before any of these were before any of these motherfuckers were even you know thinking about boxing. Well, I, mean, the, I, I think that's the, the fatal. Shit. I think that's a fatal flaw with Dante Wilder. And it's this is what I tell a lot of people is like, you can't be late in age and decide to uh, learn how to take a punch to the face. Right. You know what I'm saying? And 
And Dante, Dante Wilder didn't pick up boxing until like his late teens or early 20s. Yeah, early 20s, like yeah. That. yeah. Like that. So I'm like, your, your brain's soft. You you don't have that 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 calluses built up on your brain to take take a punch to the face like that. You know what I'm saying? It just stabs on your brain. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like literally, this goes back to um something Denzel Washington said, because he, you know, when he was he was boxing for um for training and shit. And I think he he started picking up boxing when he started doing uh when he did the, the hurricane. hurricane. The hurricane, yeah. yeah. And then um, he starts sparring, and they were taking headshots. And then afterwards, he's like, yeah, man, my head feels... He's like, yeah, don't worry. You'll get used to it. He's like, after that, he's like, body owned. You know yeah, I, I don't want to get used to that. It was like, I can't, can't, can't be in my 40s learning how to take a punch to the face. Like, yeah. that just, just thing, don't though. work. No, but I'm saying, but like, you know, there's a science to it, too, though. I mean, basically, you know, when you get hit in the head, your brain rocks around inside your skull, right? Yeah, right. So there's a threshold for, you know, I mean, everybody's different, but for the most part, there's a threshold. If you get hit with enough force, your brain rocks and you're going to lose consciousness. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just mm-hmm. as simple as that. And I guess it makes a difference if you're used to being hit like that. But I think for most people, whether you're a boxer or not, you take a you get hit with sufficient force in the head and your brain rocks around in your skull, you, you're going out. I mean, I don't care if you get yeah. hit. I, I mean, that's true. But if you if you look at it like with Dante Wilder, the reason why he didn't um, like because of his punching power, his his athleticism allowed him not to box. Right, right, and the mo- the moment he gets gets in the ring with a, a dude who can outlast his athleticism and, and actually box him, when he gets touched in the head, he gets tapped. You know what I'm saying, but I think it's sort of like, can you drive while you're asleep? You know what I mean? Like some people, <laughs> like, you drive, you drive drunk. You know what I mean? Like some yeah, people, some people can like fall asleep. But they still can maintain enough consciousness to, to steer the car and keep it between the lines until they wake up without crashing, right? Yeah. Some people they get sleepy and then all of a sudden they're asleep and the car goes off the road. Yeah. I think it's the same yeah. way with boxers. You get hit in the head, you can be on your feet and still knocked out and move. Well, that's out. what I'm saying. There's a tolerance of it that has to be built up of getting punched in the face. Okay. Yeah. You know? And you know, most most of the, the most successful boxers you'll you'll see started off at like 10 years old or some shit like that. I mean, you can be knocked out mm-hmm. on your feet, but still yeah. your legs are under you, your hands are up, but you're not really there. Yeah. You know, I could just push you over, you know what I mean? Yeah, but but I'm saying it boils down to experience and talents. You well, know, like for well, you to- For, for, you for, to... Some, for some people, for some people, there's just, uh, uh, that, that's just a natural ability that they have. Mm. You know, the, like some people, yeah, they have to build it up. Other people, I mean, they can get, take a hit and just keep on trucking forward because that's just an innate physical ability that they have, right? And I think right. that the boxers that we see that are successful are either like Floyd Mayweather that doesn't get know, fucking hit. He doesn't get hit because he just like hated getting hit, and it's like fuck that. I'm not getting like you know Denzel like I get hit like that. Hell no, I'm gonna move fast or. You know, like Butterbean just can take hit after hit after hit after hit. There are just right. some people that are physically designed that way. Hey, Butterbean yeah. was laying people out, though. <laughs> well, yeah, because he, he could take a fucking hit. <laughs> Didn't he eventually, like, transition to MMA? I th- uh, it's a possibility. I don't know. I think so. No, I've never seen him in, in, in MMA. 
I think I saw, uh, I've seen at least one fight where he had MMA gloves on in, in an MMA truck. Oh, shit. Now, yeah. I didn't, now, I didn't watch this fight, right? But I did see uh, headlines in my uh, news, news app, uh, Smart News. Uh, we're looking for sponsors. That is the app I use. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it says here that uh, Deontay Wilder is demanded Tyson Fury's gloves be cut open before their trilogy fight. And now he's complaining that Fury's uh, gloves were tampered with. Well, I think the long and short of it is that it's really kind of devastating for that dude. I mean, he lost yeah. three times. I mean, and two of them were solid, solid losses. I mean, there's no yep. question. Yeah, about is, it, is, this, is this the second fight or the third fight? This is the third fight. The third oh, fight. He, look, he lost all three fights. The first, uh, the first fight, it was deemed uh, a draw. Uh, the second fight. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was right. His, the first uh, one was a draw. And people said he should have won because he did knock homeboy down or some shit like that. Yeah, right? Well, he, yeah, he knocked him down. I think in like the tail end of the fight. I think the last round. Or... That that one that one was a slow count on that first fight because I, I countered that shit and I was like that that was a little slow. That should have been out. Right, that's true. That's true. I mean, I, I you know I, I think I have seen that argument and I did see uh, the fight or at least the highlights of the first fight because mm-hmm. I missed that one. Um, the second fight. Uh, Deontay Wilder's corner through the towel in, and yeah. you know so and so Deontay Wilder says the only reason I lost that fight is because my 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 corner through uh, through the towel in, and I'm like in my head I'm thinking the reason why they did that is because you getting your ass beat, homie. Like they was they were saving you, <laughs> like they were yeah. saving you from this ass beating you just got. Right, like he you were holding that L the entire fucking night. You know what I mean? Like, should he, have, should he have waived the third fight? Should he have? Should he have just forgone the third fight? And it's kind of like I don't know. I mean, I guess on the one hand, the only way to redeem yourself would be to fight the fight and win. Right. But also, you know, if you lose, I mean, you have a lot more to lose. Like now that he's lost, I don't really see a way forward for him. I mean, right. He's a great boxer. I mean, he could still do well, but I just I don't. I think mentally and physically and spiritually, I think he's just kind of wrecked. I don't. I don't see how he, yep. how he was. He went undefeated for for all Man. these years, right? He, and he, he's he got, gonna be the next Ronda Rousey, bro. Right. Don't, <laughs> don't step, bro. Gonna step out the game because do some wrestling. Can't, can't can't deal with the losses. Right. Yeah, he gonna do some wrestling. But uh, but yeah, like so when when his when his corner threw that towel in, you know, uh, he fired that trainer, and he um he hired you know his. I guess one of his best friends who has never, who, who, who has no experience being a fucking uh, quarterman. You know what I mean? Well, that was going to be my next question. Like who, who's, who did this training? Malik Scott, um, apparently. Um, he has no experience training anybody for a heavyweight match. You know what right. I mean? I guess, I guess the other question is like, can we say that that's the mark of a champion though? Right. I mean, in the sense that, to redeem himself, what the narrative should have gone is that when he, you know, Tyson Fury's leading the fight, but he somehow figures out a strategy, comes back, analyzes it, puts his plan into motion, and actually successfully knocks out Tyson Fury. That's, that's, I think that's the mark right there of what makes you the champion, is that you're able to figure that junk out, make the necessary adjustments, execute it, and pull out the win, even though it appeared improbable. Mm. But that's what, that's what made <laughs> Uh, Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather, uh, great. He has this fucking computer in his head that just figures you out. 
he's able to adjust on the fly. I saw that shit firsthand um, on the uh, the Shane Mosley fight. Like he got rocked twice. He almost went down, and and he figured it out. Like he was able to you know uh, um, weather the storm, and just using that fucking computer that he's got in his head, you know, yeah. he was able to figure out his timing and and you know ch- change his game plan. Yes, Roger Federer in tennis, Michael Jordan in basketball, right. Mike Tyson, you know, like, I mean, it's like any sport, the champion, that's, that's the quality you got to have. You got to be able to analyze the game while you're playing it and make the necessary adjustments on the fly to pull out the win. Right. Yeah, a lot of people hit on, 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 uh, on money, but, you know, <clears throat> he's, <clears throat> I will say, excuse me, that uh, he's a great, I mean, he, he's, he's a great defensive boxer. You know, um, he, he, he lives and breathes through counter punching, but, um, and, and there was, there's a reason why he's undefeated because he's just, you know, he's able to figure that shit out. You know, he baits you. It's like, you know, that, that whole thing that he does, the shoulder roll, the Philly shell defense, like there's a reason why he employs that. It's because, you know, it allows him to not take any damage. Like it might look, for example, like, you know, he's getting, he's, he's catching the hands, right? But it's just kind of slipping off of him. Like that fight with De La Hoya, where <clears throat> De La Hoya, he, he got him on the ropes and was throwing flurries. And he was, everything that De La Hoya was, was, uh, was throwing, he was either catching or making him slip off his shoulders. It's brilliant. It's, it's brilliant. Now, uh, I spoke about Lomachenko earlier. And what I think separates Lomachenko from, uh, from Mayweather is that you can't hit him like he's he's got amazing footwork, amazing head movement. It almost think it almost seems like he knows what you're gonna throw before you even throw it. So he does that a lot like uh, Mayweather does, but he stays in the pocket. He doesn't dance around going backwards like Mayweather does. Like he's in the pocket. He he pressures you actually. He's a great pressure fighter. And <clears throat> here's the other thing. Like I said, Mike Tyson has done this shit before. The, the stuff that Lomachenko was doing. Um, the, but the only reason why we don't really appreciate Mike Tyson's footwork and head movement is because every time he touches someone, they go to the floor and they're out. You know, you he's got dynamite. You, you literally have to watch Mike Tyson in slow-mo right. to peep his game. Right. And, and this thing is, <clears throat> if you want to watch, if you want to see skill, watch the little guys. You know, not to say that Lomachenko doesn't have any knockout power. But he doesn't have the knockout power like a Wilder or Tyson or a fucking Julian Jackson does. You know, um, he'll knock you out. You know what I mean? But like, it's going to take, you know, it's going to take like a, a shot that you didn't see. Or, you know, uh, like you're moving forward as he's moving forward. You know, like that kind of stuff. But as far as like, you know, a one punch knockout, it's probably not going to happen. Like he'll set that shit up. You know, and, and this, that's uh, that's why I think Lomachenko is the best in the world right now is because he, you know, his footwork is impeccable. Um, <clears throat> he's got, he's he's accurate. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't fucking get tired. The man is a machine. Um, and his um, to to use what Doctor Manhattan said earlier, uh, he's cerebral. You know, like he doesn't just work on his movement. He doesn't just work on his his his, uh, his, his rhythm you know, uh, the punching, the boxing, you know, he trains his mind. So that's what sets him apart. But anyway, 
No, I agree. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Nope. Uh, yeah, boxing is some shit. I love it. It's probably like the only sport um, I watch now is just combat sports. Yeah, I miss doing all that shit, man. Like basketball and football, I don't <clears throat> even fuck with anymore. I'm a little too broke to uh, start training again, but I'll get there. Uh, mm-hmm. We need sponsors to uh, fund Chino's uh, combat sports uh, reemergence. Yeah. So, now, now <laughs> we got we, we're gonna have to pause for a break. Uh, but I do have uh, something I do want to talk about that I just came across. So, comedian actor Wayne Brady. Uh oh. Is Wayne, did Wayne Brady choke a bitch? Nah. <laughs> he he dicked one down. Um, oh. He is impregnate he or, or has impregnated his ex wife to give oh. her and her boyfriend a baby. Uh-oh. That they will adopt, and he will become the Dunkle Daddy Uncle to the <laughs> child. That's new. Also, the baby's godfather. Which all yeah. of this shit sounds so ridiculous as woman, fuck. He got a woman pregnant. No, no, he got his ex-wife pregnant, who he has kids with, I do believe. Okay. To give her boyfriend and her a baby that the boyfriend is going to adopt. So they're not able to have children, I guess is what you're saying? I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know anything about the boyfriend, but I'm fine. Like it ain't even her husband. It's a boyfriend. You know what I'm saying? I hope it's infertility. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean she's fertile. I mean I mean the homeboy might might be uh you know, his juice might not be solid. Um but it, it it's weird. I'm guarantee you it's her idea. She's like, let me have all my babies by the same motherfucker kind of deal. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, but but this is this is weird as fuck. It, it, it's, right. it's so fucking Hollywood. But uh we could we could <laughs> we could do that on, on the next uh, after this break after from this our commercial sponsors. break. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do have one sponsor. Uh it's it's a uh, uh what is it? Uh, anchor. <laughs> yeah, we, yes, we do have anchor. Yeah. Yes. So the anchor app, exactly. All right. We'll be back. All right. Um, so we will. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so uh, uh, Chino and I were were, were talking, uh, saying like, yeah, we have a doctor in the house. I thought we were going to talk about the Rona, and uh, I pointed out that no one gives a fuck about the Rona anymore. <laughs> <laughs> We've been desensitized, as it were. Yes, yes. After like you know, nearly two years of of, of the Rona, everyone's like, yeah, that's it. You know what? Fuck it. If it kills us, it kills us. If it doesn't, it doesn't. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sad, sad, but true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the only question I would have for for Doctor Manhattan is like, is are are your hospitals still crowded? Because I hear the South is, uh, you know, um, 
really still in 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 the midst of this this uh this thing <laughs> um it was pretty bad so this we just had our third surge that's just kind of come to a close so it, we had about three surges and when it got bad it got pretty bad i mean i think people don't really appreciate but like what happens is that the hospitals get inundated with patients and so then there's nowhere to send anyone. So basically, if you come in with some illness that's you know severe or non-COVID related, there's nowhere to send you to. So you're essentially right. wherever you go. And it's, it's really the South and the Midwest because you know, like on the West Coast and the East Coast, you know, basically there's hospitals everywhere. So you, you know, there's always some place for you to go. But I know you guys are having problems too. But yeah, where we were is pretty much there was nowhere to send anybody for like a couple months. Yeah. Because there was a there was a there was a, a a news article I read about a, a military veteran who needed to have his gallbladder removed. Uh, it, it was it, he was like in imminent danger of dying, and he needed to get it removed. And this is in Texas, and he went to the hospital, and they told him, "Yeah, we can't help you here." And and so they ended up having to airlift him, and he died on the way to the hospital to get his gallbladder removed, which uh, I hear is a routine surgery now. Yeah, it's pretty routine. I think the thing, like, I guess what kind of is shocking to me is that the general public, like the lay public, really doesn't appreciate, like, kind of the severity of what's going on. I mean, I think people appreciate that it's a pandemic and it's bad and blah, blah, but I don't think they really appreciate, like, the, the like the actual, you know, ramifications of what's happening because it's really, I mean, we really hit, like, a crisis point where it was basically, like, if you got sick and you needed some like subspecialty care that you could only get in one place, there was nowhere for you to go. Like you could not go anywhere, even if you wanted to, like literally there's nowhere for you to go. And so I don't think people really appreciate what that means. I mean, that means that like you could have a, like, let's say you have a stroke or something, you could show up and not be able to get the care that you need no matter where you go. And there's nowhere to go. And right. I don't think people appreciated that. I mean, I think people were just thinking, well, you know, I feel okay, or, you know, blah, 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 that's somewhere else. But it was like, no, it's, it's pretty much everywhere. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was worse. So, you know, it, it, it was bad. I don't think people really appreciated that. Well, that, that's, the, that's the main point I'd be pushing to people is like, uh, if the hospitals are filled with people who are sick with COVID, and then, you know, it, it, it stops the regular shit from happening. You know, like if, if you if you have a different type of injury, you go and you can't get service because hospitals are filled. Well, so yeah, so it creates like tertiary problems within the system if you allow this shit to, to rampage. They'll just do. It's okay. No, I was going to say they'll just, they'll just do what they do in the Navy. Take some ibuprofen and call me in the morning. Well, mm -hmm. I think. I think the thing, though, that I've seen primarily is that, you know, I think most people, whether you are like pro-vaccine or not, is that people feel kind of like, you know, well, you know, I, I still want to think about it. I want to kind of see, you know, for myself or blah, 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 or, you know, I, I don't really associate with people. I want to be fine. And then you get it and then you get rapidly, you know, you get rapidly ill and you deteriorate. And then I, I basically saw people where they just didn't really appreciate, like, wow, this is really happening fast. It's like, yeah, it's happening mm -hmm. really fast. Like, that's what we've been talking about on the news. And, you know, like, people just, like, were very shocked at how quickly it can go from zero to 100. Like, I mean, I've gone to talk to people and be like, look, we're going to put you on life support. And they're like, for real? Like, yeah, for real. Like, that's like, yes, <laughs> like, this is really happening. Like, this is what we're talking about. And I just yeah. think the regular people don't, you know, lay people don't really appreciate 
it can go from zero to 60 pretty quick and it, it gets really egregious and there's nothing you can really do about it. I mean, yeah. And not only that, you have your, you know, your, your post COVID syndromes and like, you know, the shit that happens afterwards, the shit that you have to live with. Oh, now, yeah. now Chino and, and I, now that's Chino the other and I, stuff people don't talk about. <laughs> yeah. Now Chino and I have this hypothesis that um, the Rona is an airborne infection uh, but it seems to affect uh, blood-rich areas the most, like you know the kidneys, the liver, the lungs, the brain. Like it really, it the really blood tends itself. To, yeah, like it. Yeah, the blood itself. Like it really tends to uh, really in, enjoy those areas. Well, that's kind of part of what it does. Is the you know the damage that it does to the lungs is really more of like a vasculitis, like a like a small blood vessel injury type of thing, and, and an inflammatory cascade that kind of takes off and just really does a lot of damage over time. Which but is yeah. not like which is what the flu doesn't do. <laughs> yeah, unlike the right. flu. Yeah, it's yeah. like the flu in that regard. Continue. Yeah. I interrupted. I apologize. No, it's pretty. I mean, it's 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 pretty bad. I mean, I just I, I mean the community where I work, you know, it's not where I live, but where I work, I mean, it's a small community. So it's very much like, you know, everybody knows everybody and that kind of thing. And so you've seen a lot of, you know, like my mom got it and she died. My sister got it. She's on life support. And then my brother got it and he died as well. Like, I mean, you've seen like whole fatalities in the same family. You know what I mean? Man, yeah. my condolences, bro. I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, not, I mean, not me personally, but I mean, like, I mean, you know, like I've seen families where it's like more than one person got it and they likely got it from one another. And then you've had more than one death in the same family. You know what I mean? So it's like, Oh, okay. I thought I was confused. I thought your family had caught it and died. And I'm like, man, I'm my condolences, man. <laughs> I will say though that like I had a family member that, that, um, you know, their mom got it. And she was pretty much like, I don't want to go to the hospital because I'm afraid to go to the hospital. Yeah. And so they were saying like, well, can we just get her some oxygen, you know, for home? And I was like, no, you really need to go to the hospital based on what they were telling me. And she mm -hmm. ultimately died. But I remember talking to her children, like really encouraging them to get vaccinated. And they were still on the fence. They were still very much like, I don't know. I mean, I maybe have to think about this or I have to see how, I, you know, I don't know. Some people were adamantly like, nope, still not getting it. Some people were like, all right, I'll get it. And some people were like, I just need to do more research. And I was just like, you know, thinking to myself, like, wow, you have a close family member that died as a result of it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, now, so my feeling is that people have made up their minds. There is no, you know, yeah. Any, you know, people have made up their minds. If they haven't gotten the vaccine at this point, they're not somebody that's likely to get it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Now, I, now I have a question because I like I like predicting the future. Uh, I like being Sabino Damas every now and again. Now, now that we, like, uh, we didn't have a, a big flu season uh, last year because people were covering their face holes, yeah. you know, <laughs> avoid, avoiding people like the plague. And so, you know, people were, were staying, uh, washing their hands and all of that shit. I don't feel like that's going to happen this time. So that surge of, you know, that, that double, that, you know, that double hit, you know, that double kick to the nuts that they were talking about last year about the flu and the Rona, you know, existing in, in, in you know, in unison with each other. Um, do you foresee that happening? Especially since now that people are like, well, I, they, they didn't get the flu vaccine to begin with. And now these all these nasty ass motherfuckers that are anti-vax about everything, are, are they just going to make the situation worse now? 
I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I will say I hope it doesn't happen. I mean, I, I would hate to imagine what a flu and corona like. I don't even know. I don't even know what that would look like. I haven't seen any flu and corona at the same time, but I think it would probably be bad. I mean, if it did happen, it would probably be something unlike anything we've ever seen. But hopefully, it won't happen. But yeah, we pretty much knocked. I mean, I didn't really see any flu this past flu season because you know, everybody was masking and separating themselves and stuff. So you didn't really see a lot of it. We did see RSV, uh, you know, in kids, but I didn't really see a lot of flu. But I mean, I guess if you got flu and Corona at the same time, it probably wouldn't go good for you. It probably wouldn't play out well. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, like as, as an MD, right? Like I would say, imagine someone got the flu, right? Which is already going to debilitate their lung, their lung capacity, their lungs in general, right? And it's going to set them up for bronchitis and pneumonia, right? If they already have that and then they get the Rona, you know, because they've decided, you know what, I'm just not going to vaccinate myself, right? How, how, what, what, would that just be like, you know, compounding the, the negative outcome, as Dr. Fauci says? Uh, it wouldn't be good. I mean, I definitely think it might not play out well for you. I mean, I will say that, you know, I have seen like, so I've seen young people come in, young, previously healthy people. When I say young, I mean like 50 or less, but, you know, relatively healthy people, no medical conditions, get corona and get deathly ill, end up on life support, certain percentage of those people die, right? Yeah. And then I've also seen elderly people like in their 80s and 90s who have been vaccinated and they're nursing home residents, so they might have dementia, they're not even in their right mind, and they're vaccinated and get it and may not even have any symptoms. Like they'll be positive, but like they may have a cough or something, but they're not like deathly ill. So yeah. You, you know, it's just like the two opposite ends of the spectrum. You have this very elderly, frail person who's been vaccinated, who miraculously does fine and survives it and doesn't really have any problems. And then you have this young person who's not vaccinated and gets it and just goes down the tubes. So I've seen it both ways. But, but yeah, I don't know. I hope that, you know, we don't see a flu and corona, you know, double whammy. But I think we're victims of our own success. Because honestly, if corona was like deadly like Ebola, where you go to Walmart and you see somebody dead in their car or you saw somebody laying at the bottom of the stairs or, you know, you, yeah. just, you, got, you saw somebody dead at the bus stop or something. I yeah. promise you there will be no problem in getting people vaccinated. I think well, it's the fact that it's kind of like this situation where you feel like you've got a good chance that you can survive it that makes people feel like, you know, I'm uncertain, I'm unsure, I don't know if I want to take this vaccine. And I think I got a good chance that I could survive it if I did or I know somebody who survived. But if I, I don't even think... I don't think it's the deaths, it's the reactions, right? So like if Corona gave you mad acne, right? Or some kind of <laughs> visible, you know, some, some form of visible trait that you would dislike. Yeah. Then it, you know, it, it, it would change things. Like you need some form of negative reaction. You know what you, I'm saying? Your dick stops working. If it made your skin peel, if if it like leprosy, you know. like if it gave yeah. you leprosy, yeah, Man, like oh, if yeah. You, if you were bleeding from all your mucous membranes, like if like yeah. let's say, let's say even left, that, let's say you that's, left that's your Ebola. House. Yeah, you left your house and you saw some dude walking down the street and you're like, man, that dude don't look good. And he's bleeding from his eyes and mouth and he's having bloody diarrhea and he looks like he's about to fall over and he falls out and dies right in front of your apartment building. You'd be like, okay. I'm not even trying to see what that's like. I'm getting vaccinated. Like if you exactly. were terrified of even coming near anybody, I promise you, you would, you would, you know, if it was deadly like Ebola or rabies or something like that, I don't think you'd have a problem with people getting vaccinated. I think, or or, or if these people were actually at home dying opposed to 
alone in a hospital. So the fact well, no, that- there are there are people dying at home. Oh, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah, there are people dying at home. Yeah, no, and 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 Dr. Manhattan's right. You know, like uh, Chino and I, we we talked about this too, and we said that the reason why, you know, people uh, would you know, in George Washington's time got vaccinated against smallpox is because you can obviously see like boils on people's, you know, skin and shit, mm, their bodies. Right. Uh, same thing with the plague, you know, when the plague and, and um, what's the other one? Uh, oh shit, cholera, right? You were seeing people like dead in the streets, like bodies piled outside and people coming around in wheelbarrows, picking them up. Yellow fever. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. Fever. I mean, we had a huge outbreak of yellow fever, you know, in Louisiana and through the South back in the day. So, I mean, you know, and those were high mortality illnesses where, you know, a lot of people died. So I think if you know, Corona was the same way, you'd see, a, you'd probably see a lot more people get vaccinated. Not that I, you know, poo-poo on people that don't get vaccinated. But I mean, I get people's apprehension and that kind of stuff. But I definitely think it's pretty clear cut that, you know, the disease is worse than the vaccine. I mean, by all means. Clearly, no. clearly. Now, here, here's a funny thing, speaking of yellow fever. So um, an internet friend of mine, she was, you know, complaining about being vaxxed and the mandate and all sorts of stuff. She's like, I'm moving to Ghana. And then I go check and <laughs> Ghana has like mandates for fucking vaccines. They don't, they don't necessarily have it for the Rona, but you have to get yellow fever and a couple others. So if you don't have those vaccinations, you can't go to Ghana. I actually yeah. had this conversation with a couple of people and it was like, well, well, I've traveled to Europe and shit. I'm like, yeah, because you're in the Western space. And you got all the same shit. Like we got the same protocols. But if you try to go to certain African countries and whatnot, you're going to have to get shots to go there. You can't yeah. go to fucking... We, we just, um, Chino, Chino and I discussed that, that you know there are places where you have to get vaccinated before you go over there. Yeah. Yep. Hey, like my homeboy had to go for, for my old job. Um, he had to go to Haiti to take some photographs and video and shit like that. And um, he he had weeks of, you know, like, I got to go see the doctor. I got, a, you know, several series mm-hmm. of shots to even get to where he was going. Yeah, we had you know in the, our last deployment, we had to take uh, malaria pills and-, and yeah, smallpox and malaria. They yeah. uh, they offered they offered anthrax, but uh, that was voluntary. Well, fortunately, what it feels like is this probably is going to be an endemic condition. So I think that you know, fortunately, probably 10, 15 years from now, we're still going to be talking about, you know, are you going to get your COVID booster and all this kind of stuff? Because it doesn't seem like right. it's going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Let alone let us get like a deadly variant. Let's get us <laughs> let's get a variant. <laughs> you know, that's actually like truly deadly. And then, you know, who knows what's going to happen. So, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about something much more entertaining. Wayne Brady got somebody pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So all, all three of you motherfuckers have kids. So yes. would you do some shit like that for an ex? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, we got one holdout. <laughs> Hold on. It's the, it's the one I placed my money on. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Give me that non-conformist answer. Come on. You contrarian. Uh, you contrarian. Don't, don't, don't break the streak now. Don't break the streak. I'm a I'm a <laughs> I, I, I am one sick bunny and uh I might. I might. It depends. It depends. Uh, well, no, no, no. 
You're going to give it to your ex and let her boyfriend adopt it. Uh, so that you don't have any legal rights to the kid. I can't do that one. Okay. I'm sorry. Look, I, I look like, at that. I, look at I that. Like, I like only, I like, I like I'm losing only, money like, right now. I like owning my kids. I like owning my kids. Right. Yeah. <laughs> look, I, that speaks to some deeper issues, though. If you come in, if you come in back to me to have your, you know, like, like, so you moved on and I moved on and you're coming back to me to have your child in your new relate like that. You got some, there's some deeper issues. <laughs> like, right. Deeper problems. Now, now the only thing I can figure is uh, one, the dude um, swimmers ain't swimming. Uh-huh. Uh, two, um, he doesn't want to bear, you know, like literally doesn't want to have kids the natural way. Um, because he maybe he has an illness he doesn't want to pass along or some shit. You know, I know somebody who who took some DNA tests and was like, "Yeah, I'm not having kids because they might have something that fucks them up." Right? Or mm-hmm. three, maybe her boyfriend used to be a girlfriend. Well, but you know, with like artificial insemination now, you can. I mean, even if you had like a, you know some undesirable, you know, and, you know they can they can sequence it and, and right. find you a clean, you know, they can fil- filter it out. I mean, no, I'm just saying, like you know, they can. I mean, we we have means of managing that. Right. I mean, from the sperm side, but do you have it from the egg side? Yeah, I mean, you can sequence both parents and, and see what the likelihood is. And not no. only that, when you do in vitro, it's not like you do just one, you do several. What what right. was it? I think it's called Tay-Sachs or something yeah. like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so somebody I know had, has, uh, who's a female, has that gene. So she was yeah, like, I'm definitely not having kids. Uh, I think that's kind of over. I mean, the likelihood that you're going to meet someone else who has a gene or trait for Tay-Sachs and you guys are going to have a child with Tay-Sachs is possible. It's, very, it's unlikely, though, I would say. What is, the, what is that? And what's the allele, allele frequency on Tay-Sachs? I don't, I don't know specifically. I just know it's rare. I mean, it's, 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 it's exceedingly rare. Like, the likelihood that you would meet someone else who would also have the, the trait that you guys would then have a child who went on to have Tay-Sachs is exceedingly so, rare. So, in that case, both parents have to have that same gene. Have to be carriers. Kid, yeah. Kid to have. Oh, okay. I thought it was like, if you got it, the kid could have it. Kind of. No, because she, does, she doesn't have it. So, you have to have a, your spouse would have to have the trait as well, and then, you know, you could pass it on. But I'm saying that it's so rare and so unlikely that if you were really worried about it, you could just go get genetic testing with your spouse and see if they carry the gene. If they don't, then go ahead and have kids. I wouldn't say just not have kids because of the possibility. <laughs> I mean, right. Mm. So, so my children should be safe from thalassemia then because I, um, I know that uh, the chances of my ex-wife having thalassemia uh, as well is pretty rare. Well, thalassemia is a lot more common, but still, I mean, you know, rare. I mean, so I would say that if you were going to have kids, you probably, you know, if you were concerned, you could get tested. But, you know, like you and your spouse or, you know, your parents, child, you know, your child's parent. But I think mm-hmm. the likelihood is still very rare. I think you'd probably be safe just going and rolling the dice. I mean, I think it's very yeah. I mean, you know, uh, my, my, two, my two boys are pretty healthy. Um, they're not really presenting with uh, anything that would cause would be a cause for concern. Uh, so I think I think uh, my diet rule was pretty good there. Yeah. So yeah, but I mean I I never heard of that well, Tay Sachs or whatever. So 
It's um, a metabolic disorder. I mean, it's it's pretty rare. Like, I mean, I you know, I've I've never seen anybody with Tay-Sachs. I mean, you know, not that I was aware of, but it's it's a pretty it's a bad illness, but I think that the likelihood of you, you know, the prevalence in the population is pretty low. Yeah. I mean, the likelihood that you're going to encounter someone else with the specific genetic makeup to predispose your children is, is probably exceedingly low. Yeah. Hmm. All the game of probabilities. Yeah. Evidently. So uh, I may have missed it. Now, did Wayne Brady, like, you know, give her the business or was this in vitro fertilization? That part I did not see because I didn't read the whole article. I just read the headline, <laughs> um, which I was like, "This this tells me all I need to know to talk about it." Because it's it's weird. Like I for one wouldn't want to have kids running around that um, I don't have control over yeah. and put on. Yeah. And then the fact that he's like, "I'm gonna be the dunkle," so like she's gonna <laughs> give. <laughs> you know gonna give your kid some random dude's name who's not even married to her yeah (laughs) and your other kids live with her and that's gonna be their brother but it's not gonna be they're not gonna have the same last name and you know like it puts that kid in a weird predicament you know what i'm saying within the family unit in itself so I'll give you the contrarian answer now. Like, if it's in vitro fertilization and not giving the business, I'm okay with that. You know, it's, it's too it, disconnected for you, huh? Yeah, it's it, it is. It is very. It's a very disconnected thing. You know, I still. You know, I mean, the more the more the more DNA I have out there, the the more successful I I, I feel like I would have been. <laughs> winning at the game of life that's right it's a game of survival here right you know it's, it's a game of numbers right <laughs> watch me watch me proliferate my genes yeah up there i got a i got one i would ask you guys about uh hey jones this one with you and mine in particular so the rapper of the game i remember i think he had a custody battle or he had some type of legal battle with his ex uh fiance or girlfriend or whatever yeah, some type of legal, you know, thing with her. I think it was a custody battle. And uh, basically, your boy did not show up to... Oh, no, no. That was a rape case, nigga. Oh, that was... Uh, was Oh. He didn't didn't show up to court. And uh, basically, she just got awarded his his master's. I know. It's lovely, because I really don't like the game. I'm I'm a hater. So... (laughs) I mean, all he had to do was show up and defend himself, and he could have gotten some type of, you know, mediated settlement. Your yeah, like none of the up. evidence was actually heard because he yeah. never showed up, and it was a civil case; it wasn't a criminal case. Yeah, oh, he basically said he shit. he sexually assaulted her in some capacity. I don't remember if it was Did like he actually full on uh, penetrated her or just groped her or something like that. But um, she walked away with his masters, though. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, she walked away with everything. All of his intellectual property. I was just oh, like, damn. my God. Yeah. That's, yeah. And wow. then, then, then he tried to do some stuff, and, and I think he tried he to just, put some things in, in somebody else's name, and the court came like, nah, you can't do that. Yeah, he just Man. lost the game. He just lost the game. Yeah, the game lost the game. Yeah. 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 I mean, that fool, that fool should have LLC'd his ass before anything, you know, anything, anything, you know? <laughs> What could he possibly been doing that was so important that he he could not go to court 
to defend him. Right. Didn't take probably, it seriously. Didn't take probably, it seriously. Probably um, giving, probably get, probably doing what Tron did in the Chappelle show. You know, he was caught up yeah. in some poontang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, He's doing is, that, is that today? <laughs> oh, is that <laughs> Hanging out with his friends doing her rest shit. You Pretty know much. Pretty much. <laughs> I, I think because because the 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 hip hop news was covering this shit for a long time, and he was just saying that, that you know the chick was lying. It ain't true. X Y Z. She a groupie. Blah blah blah. And I think he just didn't take it um, as seriously as he should have. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, let's rewind. Let's rewind right quick. So, homeboy, isn't yeah? Wasn't Tron in the uh, the Mad Real World, Real World episode too? Yeah, yeah. Tron, Tron is a Tron is a, a recurring character in the Chappelle yeah, show. When, when he goes, uh, when he, when, I, I think, I think his, uh, his first his first appearance, I believe, was in the episode of Reparations, the Reparations episode. I uh-huh. just bought this baby cash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, but no, one of my favorite lines is you know uh, in the Mad Real World skit when he goes uh, when he talks to the white dude uh, as he's as he's leaving, he's like, hey. I slept, I slept with Kitty too, man. And he goes, <laughs> Kitty had some big ass titties. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, so I think the game essentially is, you know, uh, a victim of his own success at this point. You know, yep. like he feels like he was just so big that it would just, you know, go away. touchable. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I personally don't understand how the game is famous. Right. Like I've never, I've never heard any of his music outside of the one song he did with Fifty Cent. Um, I never hear him on the radio, except for that one song he did with Fifty Cent. Right. Uh, which Fifty Cent wrote all of it, even his part. So it ain't even his song. <laughs> um, and then he he did he did some kind of long ass freestyle called like a hundred bars and running or something like that. And I heard that once on the radio. So I'm like, where does this guy, how, where, how does this guy even fathom a career? You know right. what I'm saying? I'm like, he's not a platinum, as far as I know, he's not a platinum artist outside of his, maybe his first album. Uh, so how does he get all this acclaim and fame and any money for her to even have? Because I, mean, I don't get it. I think like, you- I, I think even if you're manufactured, though, even if somebody goes and pulls you out the whatever and push you with somebody and, you know, just totally manufactured. I mean, if so, even with that, you know, platinum album, somebody's you walk away from it with 20 million dollars or something. I mean, I think most people would take that. I definitely fucking would. No, 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 I'm just saying, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just I'm just questioning. You know what like, I could do with 20 million? You know, I'm just I mean, I would, I would, so I would, I would, I would personally take, uh, uh, was it uh, Noah Falcon's dick in every hole I have for twenty million? <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened with Waka Flock of Flame. I mean, he basically said at one point he's like, I got like thirty million dollars. He's like, I don't see the point in continuing to try to rap and all this kind of stuff to eventually fall off. I might as well just stop now. I mean, this is better than I was ever going to do at home. <laughs> Right. I mean, yeah. if I had if I had 20 million, I already know what I got, what, what to do. You take the 20 million, you, you create a trust. Right. Well, you 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 get a bunch of investments. Right. Uh, that like in, say in an index fund. So you can get a percentage, put that in a trust and then the trust just pays you the dividends. Right. So that whenever you get sued or whatever, 
right? Uh, you, you, uh, all they can touch is just whatever you get out of a dividend. They can't, they can't touch the trust itself. Like they can't touch the investments themselves. That's an interesting point that you bring up because really that, that is, that is what separates, you know, regular people who go to work and get a paycheck from the, like, you know, the Uber, you know, wealthy in the sense that basically you're kind of at a disadvantage by earned income that you get from your paycheck because you, you pay so you pay such a high percentage. Yeah. But if you get your in, you get your income through dividends and capital gains, you only pay 15%. So that's yeah. really how ultra wealthy do it. And if you think about people like Jeff Bezos and those big guys, I mean, what you do is you have billions of dollars locked up in stocks and, you know, things like that, that, you know, is just continuing to gain wealth that you're not paying taxes on until you cash it out. And then you borrow money to live on because, you know, banks alone, people like him money at, you know, 2%, you know, so, so right. it's cheaper to borrow it at two or 3% interest than it is to, to cash your stock in and, and spend it. Yeah. Nuts. <laughs> it is. It's, 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 it's insane how the, the rich manage to just, you know, to afford all the shit that they do. And that's not including like, you know, we discussed on uh, one of the podcasts, like all the free shit that people will give them just so that they can get some bona fides from them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now here, I have a list of the game studio albums. Let me know when you've heard one that you've listened to. Or you I can, I can, I can already, I can, I can already tell you that I haven't heard a single one, and I don't even remember the song that he, he is famous for. So I'm already out. <laughs> the, the documentary. Okay, in heard 2005. that one. Devil's Advocate in 2006. Don't remember that one. LAX in 2008. Nope. The Red Album in 2011. No. Jesus Peace in 2012. Absolutely. Nope. Documentary two in 2015. Nope. Mm. Documentary 2.5 in 2015. Uh, that would be no as well. Uh, 1992 in Absolutely 2016. Not. Absolutely nope. not. Born to Rap in 2019. Uh, that would be no, nope. And 30 for 30 in 2001. Negative. Absolutely not. And that chick like owns all of them. Yeah, probably <laughs> except. <laughs> well, look, probably got- except for 30 for 30 because that's a new album. So. Well, you know, well, you know what, you know what, I, I, I'm afraid I'm gonna have to tell you that. I mean, I think that chick lost out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that I, was I my she, point. That, I think she got the really short end of the stick. <laughs> that really was my point. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how much that's worth because she was probably suing him for more money than his uh, intellectual his masters, property yeah. is worth. Yeah, well, you know, you know, I, no, she could license his stuff out to like Ryan, you know, like to like compilation discs and stuff like that. So I mean, I, yeah, I was about to say the same thing. I was about to say the same thing. Like she could license that shit to, you know, uh, techno artists or something who will definitely probably improve on whatever Man. it is he did. I wish, I wish if he had beef with 50 Cent still right now, she could have sold that shit to 50 Cent. <laughs> like, <laughs> like 50 Cent would have just bought it be like the guy, oh, all your shit, fuck you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but they, but they're cool now. Well, no, I'm saying investment groups now are buying people's masters. So he could, I, he could, I mean, she could potentially sell it to an investment group that, you know, might just say, hey, it generates, you know, $50,000 a year. You know, we'll pay her twenty-five for it. You know, you never know. Man, Tina Turner just sold her everything. Oh, her yeah. Money. I'm sure she probably got a nice chunk of change, too. 50, 50 million. She sold, Damn. she sold, no, I think she got more than that. She sold her masters. She sold her. No, the article I read said, said 50 million. Said her masters, her her name and likeness, everything. 
Yeah. And, and she suffers with depression, so somebody should have stopped her from doing that. Well, like, well, I was like, like Oprah couldn't hit you off with a fifty. But I think that's I think that's why, <laughs> but no, but I think that's why George Lucas sold uh, his. I think that's why he sold Star Wars because eventually you get to an age where you're like, okay, I'm not gonna live forever. Number two, when I die, my kids will probably take it and just do whatever they want with it. So why not at least see it go in a direction that you would like it to go and get the money while you're alive and be able to do what you want to see done with it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, once you sell it, you don't have no control. Somebody just start leasing your money out for no, porn, a, porn no, movies or some shit. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm saying he's still a consultant on Star Wars and all that stuff. I mean, I mean, for yeah. Tina Turner, though. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you yeah. sell your name and likeness, and next thing you know, um, you're on Trina's next album. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Using <laughs> your samples and shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it only matters if you listen to the radio. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, but that might be something that she wouldn't have won her music in, but you, you she have no control at that point. I'm saying she lives in a Swiss chalet. I mean, you know, she don't listen to the radio. She don't care what she don't care nothing about. Trina. I mean. She does have she has she has a boatload of problems. Like I saw her last interview, and you know, like she just deals with a lot of uh, oh, emotional no, stress from abuse from her parents and from uh, Ike Turner. And I think we all got a boatload of problems. I think she's just trying to make it so that she's you know she's in whatever she likes for the re- her money's gonna outlive her. I think is the key. How old is yeah. she? Now? How old is Tina Turner? She's probably in her she's probably in her eighties. Yeah, probably. Oh yeah, she she ain't, she ain't much she ain't longer for the world. I mean, fifty million though in your eighties. Yeah, I'll take it. I could I, look. I calculated. I calculated. If I lived off the dividends of a billion dollars, I would 81. be making. I would mm. be making four hundred k a week if I was just living off a two percent of a hundred billion, right? Or is it a billion? No. If I had a billion dollars and I was living off two percent uh, dividend yearly, I would be making four hundred k a week. And I calculated. I cannot spend that much money in a week. Sure you can. Sure I would you have. Can. I would have to try. <laughs> no, Look, we got we, we got we, we got this thing called the Adventures of Pacino and Homeboy that needs to be made. Right. You know I know. What, I mean? <laughs> right. what happens is every time you try to do something, you be like, "How much does that cost?" And people be like, four hundred k." I know. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah, when when Dave that that's good when Dave Chappelle got that fucking what was it fifty million dollars uh, that contract extension. Right. Or whatever the hell yeah. people found out about it you know like he's getting yeah. a haircut in like jamaica or some shit like yeah. fifty thousand dollars for a fucking haircut <laughs> you know <laughs> right yeah yeah, oh, that's yeah. what happened yeah. that's probably what would happen yeah that's why you got to keep that shit secret yeah but i don't know man i mean i you know i just i'm really starting to get to a point in my life where i just think about you know you chase wealth and all this stuff and you know i mean we're all gonna die i mean you can't take it with you that's true it's kind of like you know it really kind of makes you i mean i don't know it kind of makes you start thinking i mean it definitely can't buy you happiness i mean it can buy you temporary happiness but it can't buy you like fulfilling happiness and you can't take it with you and once you're gone whoever's left who inherits it or gets their hands on it they're gonna do whatever they want (laughs) regardless of wished or wanted or whatever so you know, it's kind of like, you know, you might as well just be happy. I mean, that's really all. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, just want my, I just want my family to be taken care of, you know. Yeah. Same here. And Same just make here. sure your money outlasts you, <laughs> you know. Right. That's Pretty right. much. All okay. right. Well, we're reaching the end here. Uh, 
so thanks, Dr. Manhattan, for uh, being a guest on the show. Uh, you're more, more than welcome to come back anytime you, you have time outside of you fighting the Rona and uh, keeping people alive. Saving lives out here. That's right. My pleasure. Glad to catch you. You're the real MVP, man. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So, all right. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. We should be having a shop up uh, soon. And uh, push us like crack. That's right. All right. <laughs> all right. Until next time, homies. Peace. Peace. And konnichiwa, bitches. <laughs> oh shit watch the Wu-Tang Clan show <laughs> this shit's awesome <laughs> wash your hands wash your hands <laughs> yeah wash your hands cover your face holes do all that shit that's right that's right <laughs> hey you tried a pirate's coming listen what I say the captain is a tyrant and I no longer obey I'm sick of taking orders from the madman in command So let's stop him on an island And leave him in the sand Cause it's a mutiny It's a mutiny It's a mutiny And now we're taking over the ship It's a mutiny